0: This is The Anxious Truth, episode number 165-165, entitled, Stop Fighting, Start Learning. Welcome back to the show, dudes and dudettes. Glad you're here. As always, thank you for taking the time to spend with me. Before we get started, because this podcast episode, I think, is going to be a really important one. And there's a reason why I call it Stop Fighting and Start Learning, because it's one of the core principles of anxiety recovery that I think a lot of people really don't grasp. They don't get it. And there's a lot of reasons for that. So we're going to talk about that. But before we do, what I want to remind you of is that I have a 100% free resource out there. And the podcast is a free resource. But on top of that, I have a one hour 100% free video training session that teaches you the basics of recovery, right? So if you are really confused, you don't know what to do, you have no idea where to start. What am I supposed to do with all this stuff? How do I get better? What is this recovery that this guy is always talking about? It is a one-hour video session that you can sign up for. Watch as many times as you want, whenever you want. It's totally 100% free. So I would urge you to take advantage of that. Even if you're already on the road to recovery and you need a little refresher or you have some things you're not sure of, there's a good chance that the uh, the workshop, the video workshop, will help you out. You can find it on my website at theanxioustruth.com slash workshop1. That's workshop and the number one. Take you right over there, pop in your email address, sign in, and watch the training whenever you want, as often as you want. It'll always be there. You can keep coming back to it. And it founds, it's it forms a good foundation, and it's a good adjunct to the podcast. So if you're not sure what to do, start there. I will remind you of that. It's 100% free. I don't, people are digging it. So take advantage. Okay, let's talk about today's topic. Today's topic, stop fighting, start learning. Let's break this into two things. I'm going to give you a principle to go on here. And this is a thing that I think a lot of people, they don't really get, and there's re- I want to start with the reason why they don't really get this. And that is that this war that you are in, right? You are in the anxiety recovery war. Anxiety recovery is an odd war because the only way to win it is to stop fighting. Now let that sink in for a second. The only way to win this war is to stop fighting it, and that is truth. That is hundred percent truth right there. Like podcast is called the Anxious Truth. There's some truth for you. And those of you who are old enough to know the the, the movie War Games, and even if you're not old enough, it's a pretty kind of a cult movie. So. In War Games, there's you know, it's an 80s movie where a computer sort of goes haywire and almost starts World War III. Very typical scenario, but it's the 80s, right? So the computer tries in various simulations at the end, in the big climactic scene at the end of War Games. The computer, which is called Whopper, has taken over the United States missile control. And it's about to launch missiles at the Soviet Union. At the time, it would have been the Soviet Union. And start World War III. But it begins running simulation after simulation after simulation on the screen. And it's very dramatic, the music. And everybody's nervous because the computer's going to launch the missiles by itself. And it keeps trying to win the war. It keeps trying to fight this war again and again and again. And it loses and it loses and it loses and it loses. And ultimately, it gets to the point where it's like there's smoke in the room and it's overheating and it's doing all that stuff. And then it just stops dead. And everything goes blank and the music stops. And there's a big, long, dramatic pause. And the computer voice comes on and says, curious game, the only way to win is not to play. And then the computer goes back down to like the lowest DEFCON and all the lights come back on and it relinquishes control of the missile arsenal and it's done. It's not going to play the game anymore. So if you don't know the the movie War Games, go on YouTube and search for War Games End Scene, Ending Scene, Final Scene, whatever you want to call it, and watch that. Because it is an incredible analogy and analog to the process of anxiety recovery. Watching the computer, which is named Joshua, play that game again and again and again and keep losing and keep losing and keep losing. Sooner or later, the computer actually learns, I I can't do it this way. This isn't working. This isn't working. The only way to win is not to play, it says which was, you know, back in the days of the Cold War, was certainly a political statement, and that's fine, and it was very impactful when the computer says that. But the computer learned the lesson. I have to stop fighting this. I cannot fight this war because I cannot win this war when I fight it. So i got to stop fighting it. That's how I'm going to win. And it was right. So odds are you consider yourself in a war with anxiety. This is a war. This is a battle. This is a struggle. And you may be using words like warrior, or you may be given words like warrior. And I'm just going to say it flat out. I know there's another anxiety person out there, educator, coach, whatever, who starts everything he says with warriors, warriors. And he calls his people warriors every day, multiple times a day. I'm a warrior. And I know because, you know, people will arrive in my community and, you know, they'll they'll parrot that. Hey, anxiety warriors. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you better stop calling yourself a warrior because you are not a warrior. You are a student. You are a student. You are not a warrior. All right. So, this is really, really important. Worrier implies that you are in a battle. You will resist. You will fight back. You will run over anxiety. Like the, the connotation of the word warrior and war and battle, we're in this never ending battle with anxiety. I understand it's very dramatic. There's a certain romanticizing of the struggle when we talk about being warriors and we talk about being in a never-ending war and a battle and the darkness of the battle. I've heard all of those metaphors over the years, many, many, many metaphors. They're all battle-based and war-based and warrior-based, warrior goddesses, warrior gods, ninjas, wolves. Like, I mean, I, look, I appreciate wolves as much as the next guy. But in the end... I did not solve my anxiety problem by, by shaking it in my jaws like a wolf. That wasn't what did it in the end. I would have loved it if that was it. It might look like that from the outside, but, and that's a very romanticized image that like, speaks to me on an emotional level, but that wasn't what did it. So to go back to the premise of the podcast, you have to stop fighting and start learning. So no matter what social media is telling you, and no matter what, like, really amazing images and words and metaphors and romanticized notions of you battling a war and winning a war and fighting anxiety, I'm going to fight it. That's not, that's not the way this works. Because when you try to fight it, you lose every time. If you're listening to me right now, there's a really good chance that you still have an anxiety problem of some kind or else you wouldn't be listening to the podcast. And I would lay dollars to donuts that you have been fighting that problem With every weapon you could find, you're throwing every piece of junk in the book at it at this point, right? You have thrown, you know, herbs and crystals and and grounding and meditation and gratefulness and journaling and weighted blankets. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You've tried to fight off your intrusive thoughts. Fight them. Resist them. I'm trying to fight them off. I must fight them off. You're trying to fight off panic. You're trying to stop it from happening. You're trying to fight off the anxiety, and you're, you are finding every possible weapon that you can put in an arsenal, and you're throwing at this, throwing it at this anxiety. And yet, here it is. It's still here. The harder you swing at it, the more... the Anxiety is like Rocky. You know, I'm, t- I'm dating myself in a big way here, but the Rocky movies, everybody knows the Rocky movies. You know, Rocky, the more he got beat up, the angrier he got, and then he always won, right? So anxiety is like Rocky. The harder you hit it, The harder you hit it, it just gets up and comes back for more. Oh, yeah, is that all you got? I can bring another what if at you. I can make up another thought. I can come up with another scenario. I could tell you that if you go to the dentist, it's going to get infected and then you'll die. Like, anxiety has an unlimited repertoire. It has an unlimited arsenal of weapons because it does not have to obey the laws of reality. You live in reality. I talked about this in the health anxiety episode. You live in the real world. You must obey the laws of reality. Disordered anxiety doesn't have to. It can make up anything it wants. It doesn't have to be rational, and therefore it has an unlimited arsenal. It has an unlimited number of weapons to throw at you and hit you with and stab you with and cut you with. And if you try to go blow to blow, blow by blow, you know, toe to toe and slug it out with it, we lose. We lose. I tried to slug it out, too. Like, I, you know, anybody who knows me personally knows that I want to run things over. I really do. It is in my DNA. It's part of my personality. In many cases, it's a flaw. Well, in the beginning of my anxiety journey, it was a flaw. It was a major problem. My need to run things over and not be dominated. Like, I will dominate my anxiety. Like, that would turned out to be a tremendous mistake. Because no matter what I did, I couldn't win that war fighting it. And you have been trying to win a war for some time. And you've been identifying as a warrior. But in the end, keep losing, right? So there's no nobility in fighting a losing war continuously, continuously. We must keep soldiering on. We must keep battling this. Persevere. Keep going. Well, no. No. There's no nobility in suffering continuously because you keep going and getting your nose bloodied every day. I, I mean, you know, anxiety is going to give you a bloody nose. It's going to hit you in the face. That's true. But the nobility isn't getting up and, and, and getting punched again. The nobility is, is stopping for a second and say, what did I learn about this bloody nose? What is this teaching me? So now let's start to segue in. When we fight it, it ne- we never win. It always comes back. Always. You try to squash it. You keep it at bay for a few weeks or a few months or a few years. And then the dam breaks and it comes back again. And you're right back in the same boat. Fighting it does not work. It never works. So what would be a different approach? And that would be to start learning from it. So when anxiety, like, you know, tees off and bloodies your nose, hits you in the nose, and you wind up sitting on your butt and your nose is bleeding, instead of scrambling back to your feet and swinging again at it, and then it just bloodies your nose again and you're just blind with rage. And all you're trying to do is hit back. And no matter how much you cover up, it gets through your guard and it is your nose again. Maybe this time sit down for a minute and say, what am I learning about this? What is this bloody nose teaching me? Well, number one, it, it's, it's teaching me that I actually do always get up. I keep getting up. No matter how much it hurts when it punches me in the nose, and no matter how much my nose bleeds, I, I'm still here. I keep getting up. So maybe the object of the game here is not to try to keep swinging. Like, I'm getting frustrated now because I think if I hit it back, it will stop bloodying my nose. I think if I, if I fight it, if I go back at it, if I refuse to back down, if I wage a war with this, somehow it will get the message, feel defeated and slink away, but it doesn't. Right? So you have to shift from being a warrior, a soldier in some war, to shifting over to being a student Because anxiety recovery is not a battleground. It is a classroom. So every time anxiety tees off and punches you in the jaw, punches you in the nose, and you wind up on your butt and it hurts, and you don't like it, really what we want to do is say, well, what can I learn from this experience? I can learn that this hurt, but it didn't kill me. I can learn that this was really uncomfortable, but it didn't kill me. Well, my nose was bleeding. I ruined a brand new shirt, but it didn't kill me. I still got up. Now, when I get up, what can I do? I could keep trying to do the same thing that I've been doing, but that's not working, and I'm frustrated, and I'm afraid all the time because I know what's coming when I go back into this battle. So maybe what I need to do is see what this experience has taught me. What has this experience taught me? I know what it felt like. I know what happened, but then what did I do? I was still okay. I got up. I lived to see another day. So instead, when when you get it, when anxiety you know tees off and and hits you in the nose and you have a bloody nose, rather than getting up in a rage and running straight back into it and trying to hit it, maybe the way to do that is just stand there and make your lunch while you have a bloody nose. Eat your lunch. It'll hit you again. It's going to hit you again. But in the end, you can keep eating your lunch even with the bloody nose. It's not fun. It's not good. You don't like it. Nobody wants to do that, and we certainly wouldn't want to live our entire life getting punched in the nose every hour. But, but, you have to become Rocky in this situation, right? So instead of you, you know, instead of you being the the uh, the antagonist, the villain in the Rocky movie that just keeps hitting Rocky harder and harder and Rocky just keeps getting stronger and stronger every time you hit him, you have to become Rocky. You have to become Rocky. Because Rocky learned, there is nothing you can do that hit me hard enough that will keep me down. I can keep going, right? So, But you got to detach from that, that war mentality, that battle mentality. You're not trying to knock anxiety down. You, you're not going to knock it down. It's going to knock you down, but what you can learn from being knocked down is that, oh, even when I get knocked down, I'm still capable. I can still live my life even though I got knocked down this morning. I got back up and I lived life again. it, It knocked me down again, but then I got up again, but I kept living life. I didn't go back. I'm not spending all my energy trying to win this boxing match that I can never win. I didn't go back onto a battlefield that I continually lose the battles on. Like, oh, no, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. So you have to start to take those experiences, those battles, the war. Every time you get, you know, wounded in the war, disengage from the war. Like, all right, I guess you're going to keep the, – the lesson here is that you keep hitting me, keep shooting me. You keep doing whatever you do, anxiety, in this war, this boxing match, this MMA match, this war, this battlefield, but you never kill me. You never kill me. You never actually do any damage to me other than make me feel really uncomfortable and I'm afraid of you right now. That much is 100% true. Nobody would argue that. You are uncomfortable. You are afraid. You feel vulnerable. All of those things, but it still never kills you. It still never kills you. The scary thought never comes true, no matter how scary it seems. The heart attack never actually happens. The stroke never actually happens. The passing out doesn't actually happen. Got to run to the bathroom. You run to a bathroom. And even if you couldn't run to a bathroom, it wouldn't kill you, right? So all of the stuff that you fear about your anxiety, the sensations, the thoughts, the what ifs, all of those things, they never kill you. And I don't mean literally. I mean, for some people, there's a literal fear that it will kill them. I understand that. That was my fear. But it never actually does anything more than make you think that it's going to kill you metaphorically. It makes you think that is going to like, incapacitate you, but it never actually does. It never actually does. So we need to learn that lesson. So when we talk about going toward leaning into anxiety, like last week on The Recovery Room, which we do every Friday on Instagram, on The Recovery Room, that was a topic, like leaning into anxiety, leaning into fear, going toward the fear. And We have metaphors about this and ridiculous cliches all peppered all over popular culture. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. How many life coaches and like 10x business like gurus have told you that in the last year? Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right? Like nothing happens in the comfort zone. Nothing grows in the comfort zone. Yeah, we know all that. We get that. But here's the bad news. I might be picking on that stuff a little bit, but it's true. There's a reason why we we latch onto those sort of things. Right? So it is true that your anxiety and your panic and your intrusive thoughts and your fear is making you afraid and feel vulnerable and unsure and uncomfortable and uncertain. But that's all it's ever done is make you feel those ways. The problem is that you try to engage it in a war. You try to battle it. You can't knock it down. You can't make it go away. So therefore, you wind up crippled and doing nothing but fighting. You're doing nothing but fighting a war. Right, So if, if you're the army and you're on that battlefield, you can go back at the enemy or you could turn around and start to actually rebuild your city. So the enemy has inflicted some damage. If you want to use war analogies, it's, it's bombed your city, your home. So you, know, you, can, you can keep fighting it, but every time you fight it, it drops more bombs and the city is getting worse and worse. So maybe the better way to do that is since the bombs and the weapons never actually take you down is let me go rebuild my city go ahead, bomb it again. I'm just going to keep building. I'm going to keep rebuilding the city because I can. Every time you knock me down, I will get up and I will accomplish something else. That is a way better thing to do because then you have a chance to learn. Now the battlefield becomes a classroom for you. I keep getting knocked down, but I keep getting back up. I am learning that I am resilient. I am learning that I am strong. I am learning that the anxiety is big and nasty and has a huge growl and big teeth. But it's actually, in the end, ineffective. It doesn't actually ever accomplish its goal. It can't. It doesn't know. It's a one-trick pony. What am I learning from this? I am learning that it has done the worst it knows how to do. And I am by fighting this battle, I am giving it way too much credit as if it could just keep escalating, but it's already dropped. It's already gone to the nuclear option. It doesn't know anything else to do. And when we stop fighting and start learning, when we treat anxiety recovery as a classroom instead of a war, we give ourselves a little bit of space to work in, and then we can actually see those experiences for what they are, learning experiences, opportunities to learn, I am uncomfortable and afraid and feel wounded, and I've been knocked down, and, I, and this sucks, and I hate this, and it feels like it's never going to end. But I am still capable. I am still resilient. I can still live my life. I can still do all of those things. And I'll tell you what happens when you do that. So this is just dripping with metaphors and analogies here, right? The process of recovery, when we say go toward the fear, lean into the fear, when we do exposure work, when we go into the things that trigger us, when we stop using the word trigger and we, we welcome it all, when we allow, when we surrender. I use the word surrender. People say accept, float, tolerate, allow, surrender. Do you notice that none of those words are aggressive battle, war, fight words? They're not. Float and float and accept from from Claire Weeks, Dr. Weeks. I mean, those are the fluffiest words that I've ever heard for this. You know, they cause a lot of confusion. I'm not fans of them anymore. I love her work. I'm just not fans of the, the you know, the syntax that she used. But float and accept, like I spent a lot of time, you know, really like explaining to people like, no, 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 those aren't pretty things. Those are ugly things. But just hear me on this. So she said float and accept. I say surrender. I know people that say tolerate, allow, permit, bend, don't break. I mean, I have a bending tree tattooed on my shoulder for a reason because I had to learn the lesson that I needed to bend in that wind. When the storm came at me, I didn't—I didn't need to dig my heels in and try and stand upright in a torrential rain and driving winds. I had to learn to bend into that and let it bend me, but it never broke me, and I learned that. Then you learn, and you learn that it—it it, wait it. It can't get me. It can't kill me. This is as good as it's got. I, I keep thinking that it has more tricks. It can keep escalating, but it can't. Oh, my goodness. If I just stop fighting and allow myself to learn for a second, if I allow, if I tolerate this, if I surrender to this, I can actually have learning experiences. And what is this experience teaching me? It's teaching me that this thing is out of tricks, man. And why have I been thinking that it could just keep escalating and escalating? I mean, what do you think it's going to do next? Just literally like vaporize you like some sort of alien with a ray gun? Ray gun. Nobody says ray gun. I'm not even old enough to say ray gun. (laughs) But, you know, like really, seriously now. Like what else do you think it's going to do? Just vaporize you on the spot? You'll just spontaneously combust? No, you've been thinking that somehow anxiety, panic, intrusive thoughts, all of those things have some more magical power waiting to unleash on you like it's just going to keep escalating it's going to do more it's going to do no no when you stop fighting and allow yourself to actually have those experiences allow them surrender to them tolerate them willfully tolerate them I don't care whatever your favorite saying is but stop being a warrior stop resisting them stop trying to deflect them stop them stop trying to bloody anxieties no so it won't bloody yours allow that and then learn from what happens That ain't pretty, and it's not the way anybody wants it to be. But then you learn that you are better than it. And when you start to learn bit by bit, brick by brick, step by step, tiny step by tiny step that you are better than it, you stop having to fight it. You just don't care anymore. You don't need to fight an opponent that you're not afraid of. In the end, go ahead, do what you want. Does Superman fight? Like with the bank robber? No, he doesn't. He just shows up and he lets the guy pull out a gun and just unload the gun at him and they bounce off him because he's freaking Superman. He doesn't care. He doesn't fight the guy. Go ahead, bring it. You ain't gonna stop me. It's, a, it's a, this is what I do. I'm Superman. Well, in a way, when when you actually stop being a warrior, you start to actually feel like a warrior. Like how paradoxical is that? So I will go back to the very beginning of this podcast. If you look at anxiety recovery, it is a paradoxical war. You only win it when you stop fighting it. When you stop trying to be a warrior and start trying to be a student, curiously, you start to feel like a hell of a warrior because you stop being afraid of it. God, hit me again. You ain't you got nothing. My grandmother hits harder than that, you know, those are all rocky rocky lines but then you don't care anymore get hit me again doesn't maybe, and after a while you stop even falling down now it can't even knock you down and if you want to use the the boxing or wrestling or mma analogy well, that's fine like you let it keep hitting you you just keep getting up and going about your daily business you will hate it at first and it will feel like why am i doing this, this is ridiculous what did this guy tell me to do but after a while like anxiety metaphorically will begin to lose steam now it is not sentient Like, these are all sort of metaphors and analogies that I'm making here to help illustrate the point. That's not the actual mechanism here. Habituation, inhibitory learning, those are the mechanisms. But we're not talking about that now. A little bit of an emotional rant, if you will. But over time, if you just keep getting up, like, do not give it the pleasure of, like, watching you, like, I'm going to get you. And then, boom, it hits you again and you're on your ass. Like, don't give it the pleasure. Okay, you hit me. I'm on my ass. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go back and rebuild my city. I'm going to build my house while you hit me again and again and again. I'm going to keep building this house. So go ahead. Keep hitting me. I don't care. You can't stop me. Eventually, it starts to run out of gas. It runs out of weapons. it, It can't fuel its vehicles anymore. It's just tired. And then you're not afraid of it anymore. And then you feel like a warrior. And then, oh, magic, the war is over. So the only way to end that war and to win it is to literally stop fighting it. Stop being a warrior. Start being a student. Stop fighting. Start learning. And that is the paradox of the anxiety recovery war. So please, if I can give you some advice at the end of this little rant here, it would be stop letting yourself get sucked into those romanticized, dramatic you know, images and words and metaphors of being a warrior and a goddess and romanticizing the battle, the never-ending battle of darkness against light. No, no, no. Those are really great in, like, the Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter films and Star Wars. Like, we love that stuff. People love that stuff. We love the battle between good and evil, but you're not in a battle right now. You have learned, your brain has learned some bad habits, and it needs the chance to unlearn them and relearn the good habits. It's a classroom, guys. It's not a war. So as much as war sounds romantic and dramatic and might make you feel better about yourself, the next time somebody wants to call you a warrior, just shake your head. I'm not a warrior. I'm a student. I'm learning. You keep fighting. I'll be over here learning. So that is the deal. I think that's enough ranting. I did not expect to go for 26 minutes, but I never do. I don't know why I bother saying that. You guys should totally call me out on that. This is the way it's going to be. They're going to be 20, 30 minutes. What am I going to do? That's life. That's the way it goes. All right, peeps. I appreciate you coming and spending time with me as you always do and listening to me rant like I did today. I'm going to ask you like I always do. If you're listening on iTunes or any platform that lets you rate or review the podcast, then rate the podcast. Five stars would be awesome. And then take another, like, 30 or 40 seconds and write a few sentences about why you love the podcast. Because that helps other people find it. And that's why I do this. To try and help as many people as I can. I would appreciate that. And uh, don't forget my free one-hour training. One-hour workshop. Video workshop. TheAnxiousTruth.com slash workshop one. That's the number one. And as always, I'm going to play you out with Afterglow by my friend Ben Drake. Ben wrote this song after having been inspired by this podcast a while back And he was kind enough to let me use it I hope you guys enjoy it You can find Ben Drake online on his website bendrakemusic.com Check him out He's a good dude and a good musician I will see you guys next week In the next podcast episode Whatever that will be And remember This is the way You got the feeling that you're gonna win Yeah, you all doing fine Now in the city and you're living fine no looking back or dwelling on the past. You know you'll never get another chance. So go and live your life.